everybody out there. How y'all doing? Welcome to Legacy Life Prep Podcast. So today I have some special guests, Michelle and Miss Denise. Now I gotta tell y'all the backstory because <laughs> <laughs> we all met um doing um proper life one, right? Mm-hmm. So I was I came through Michelle and Michelle introduced me to Miss Denise. And ever since then, we've been sisters ever since then, <laughs> including the Ladies League of Baltimore. Miss Michelle right here. Yeah. After that, y'all need to talk to everyone, ladies on here. Right. Um, so after that, it's been a sisterhood. So this podcast, I wanted to introduce other life insurance agents who can tell their um, aspect of, about life insurance. And I will start with Michelle introducing herself. All right. My name is Michelle Daniels, and as Carlotta mentioned, I was a life insurance producer at one time and now i'm just in the referral life insurance producer business (laughs) where i'm just making referrals however i did spend at least four years um producing life insurance so i'll come from that perspective and what i've seen um while i was writing policies and after okay Mm -hmm. And Miss Denise. So, hello everyone. I am Denise, and um, I've actually been in the industry for 17 years now. So, um, I am just going to come from what I believe that life insurance is. Um, during that time we speak, any other questions that call out my think she Because <laughs> y'all know I have my questions. Oh, right. I Uh-huh. What made you get into the life insurance industry? Wow. I stumbled upon Miss Denise somehow, somewhere. <laughs> it, it, I don't know if it was an ad or if it was Facebook. I'm not 100% sure now, but I know we wound up talking and I actually went to her office and sat down and talked to her. And what I said to her at that time was I wanted to be a millionaire. Um, at that time, I was on this road to being a millionaire, and I still am, but my focus is not necessarily on money, right. but on people, right? right? And doing the right thing by people. So that's what basically got me into the life insurance business, Miss Denise, telling me how I could help people. And that is my primary and only goal in life, is to help people. And so I want to do that in business, in my personal life, everywhere. But I... I believe that life insurance helps not only people but generations. So not individuals but generations. So that's what got me in the business, and that's why I still make referrals today, even though I don't have the time to actually write yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And Miss Denise, mm-hmm. how, how did mm-hmm. you get started? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> it. I actually got started, like I said, 17 years ago, and I really got started because I was introduced. Um, to the whole financial concept uh, from my nephew. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was that I was actually being taken when it came down to life insurance. Mm-hmm. So I realized that as a people, there's a lot of things that we just don't know. Yes, and so, and I realized that I could do better and I wanted to do better and wanted to find a path to help do that. And not just for me, Though for everybody else out there, we were seeing too many GoFundMe's even way back when, mm-hmm. and too many people passing away, and their um, families were just devastated, and it didn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, like that simply because most of the time, they're just not educated. Exactly. Yeah. And so they needed the education. So yeah. that's why I started. Yeah. Okay. And back in the day, it may not have been GoFundMe's, Miss Denise, but it was... Fish fries. They would get that money together to bury, you know, their loved one. And um, I just like to say it's already a devastating time, right? And right. to have to worry about money just makes it even worse. I mean, even it just, it's just, it is 10 times worse if that's the case. Yes. And I got started because I was introduced by Michelle for the second time. The first time, I'm, I'm going to be honest, when I got started 
it was for money because I was young. I was like 19. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was like, oh, I can make a little bit extra money. Mm-hmm. But the second time, you can't, once you get into it, you get a better understanding of what it is and you're helping people. The aspect of helping people financially is what got me. It's like, okay, I need to be doing this because I like to help people anyway. Anybody that know me know I'm always about supporting the next person. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. And it is just something I just ran with after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Once, once you know you can help people, that, and if you're in the business of helping people. Right. If you're in the business of helping people, then yeah, right. This is and we got people calling me. And so that's why I'm looking down, looking at my phone, because people call me and on here. And there's, she said, doing the right thing by people, right? Doing the right thing by people. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So, the second question. Well, I, you may have answered. When you were an agent, how long were you an agent? I think it was four years, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, four years. And you mm-hmm. were, you said, you always said 17 years, and she's been in there almost 20 years, y'all see. Yeah. This is the person to talk to about <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. good, yeah. the bad, the ugly, the ins and outs, that's the person to talk to. 17 years, you've seen. She's seen every, every month. Almost every scenario, <laughs> possibility, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the next question. What do you think, like, why, sorry, Michelle, why do you think life insurance is important for everybody? Well, I think life insurance is important if you do not have money saved to bury yourself or your loved one. You don't have enough money, and I think a policy, decent policy nowadays, it costs you $20,000 off the break, but with bare minimum, right? <laughs> I ain't even talking about the doves at this point, you know, right? the third celebration. If, if you don't have money saved, you need a life insurance policy. That's just the the, the honest truth. If you don't have enough money in your savings account to bury someone that you love, you need life insurance. That's just my Income protection. Mm-hmm. For instance, yes. Um, if you true. have a husband, you have a wife, and you have children, and I want you guys out there to think about this: if you die today, would your company continue to, wherever you're working at, whatever you're doing, would they continue to send your paycheck into your family every week, every two weeks, every month, whatever it is? If that answer is no, which it is for everybody, (laughs) unless it is totally your own business that Mm -hmm. you're financially independent in, Mm -hmm. other than that, that answer is a no. But do the bills keep coming into your family? Yes, Yes, they do. So tell me, how's your wife and the children looking? They got all of your bills, but none of your money. Mm -hmm. Wife, how is that husband and the children looking? And they got all of the bills and no money. Mm-hmm. And even for a single parent. That's true. How are our kids surviving? With grandma or cousin. And I've had so many people mm-hmm. tell me that, well, my mother will take care of my children and my sisters will take care of my children. Yes, they will because they love you. But the question is, can they afford to do that? They are barely taking care of themselves right now. You know, most people are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So they're barely able to do that. Now, all of a sudden, they have all of this extra burden. And if you can prevent that, I believe it is our responsibility to do so. Mm-hmm. so oh, yes. Listen, yes. you want to know that's a great question. And that's a great answer because it's a truthful answer. And most of us don't think about that because we just are in the day to day survival, pay the bills this month, this year mentality, and none of us even want to think about not being here. Not being here, exactly. Not being here. But we know plenty of people, we know plenty of people who have left here and their kids are still here, their family is still here, and they they still got to be taken care of, and a lot of times they suffer. And not just life insurance, but have a will as well. You have names Anyway, I know. I <laughs> and I'm gonna piggyback off of what both of y'all said because I as she said the income protection part, that's the most important I feel because like you said, 
if you die today, uh -huh. that that money you was getting from your job is going to stop. What do you have? Not only that, with savings, like Michelle said, are you investing anything? Are you investing your money somewhere? Because if you're not, then you definitely need to have some life insurance because you're not investing your money into anything. You know, as they both mentioned, there's people living to paycheck to paycheck. There's inflation everywhere. Yeah. You can think of milk done gone up, gas done gone up, BGE, housing costs. Every small and big thing you can think of has went up. Mm -hmm. So just think, if you have on listen. <laughs> not only have children they have homes that they own they have businesses and, and things like that so it's like it's an income protection it's something i feel that if you're not investing your money into somewhere you definitely need to have some type of policy on yourself on your spouse on your children grandma grandpa cousin aunt, uncle everybody need to be tuned let's today. just say everybody GoFundMe is not a life insurance policy. Keep looking on my Facebook, you'll see that all. <laughs> GoFundMe is not a life insurance policy, and a lottery is not a retirement plan. So that is just simply not. So think about it like this, because it nationwide, it actually costs about $15,000 to bury someone. Yes. A lot of times when people do GoFundMe, they might get $2,000, 3000 to help with that process. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you could spend a few dollars a month and avoid GoFundMe. Exactly. And so it's first off, it's not fair to the families that have to do the GoFundMe mm -hmm. because they don't have time to grieve right now because they're trying to figure out how they're gonna get this money to bury this loved one. I've seen it happen to a lot of people and it's not pretty. It's okay. not at all. So they, they, they're, they're grieving, they have this loved one that's passed away, and they don't have any idea as to how they're going to do it. And now they have to put GoFundMe's out there. And GoFundMe's don't get as much money as we think they do, right. or as people think they do. That's number one. Number two, you have a lot of GoFundMe scams right now today. And she did. So a lot of people aren't going to even um, donate to it because they believe it's a scam. And they see that it's a scam. And number three, it simply don't have to be. It can be avoided. Education will avoid it. I believe that if our people, period, knew better, they would do better. Exactly. And the thing is that they just don't know. There's only three reasons why people do not have life insurance income protection. The first one is that they just didn't know. Mm -hmm. Number two, they did know. They just thought, oh, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, and they never got around to it. And number three is because they think it costs too much. Exactly. And if any one of them are the situation, you need to talk to someone about it. Exactly. And same question for you. What's your take on GoFundMe? I think it's pretty much the same. I think, um, I think that GoFundMe is a great tool or a great app. You know, when you're trying to pull money together for a particular reason. But when people rely on it, it's almost like abortion is not birth control either. Or, right. you know, a good way to avoid having a baby or pregnancy, you know. But so many people sometimes use it as birth control, right? And I think uh, GoFundMe is used in the same way. It's, it's a great opportunity if tragedy happens to, you know to get support and 
and get what you need and people have but i don't know if i want to bank on that you know right. for my family right. or that people will even be at a place where they can because the time that we live in right now most of us that are in the middle um income bracket we can't afford to do much of anything <laughs> exactly extra. you know i mean even contributing to things like gofundme and things like that people looking at it twice like you know and so, exactly. you know i just think that we had to get away from the excuses and really ask ourselves if we really care about our families even exactly. though things do come up and you know, it's just one of those things. So I, I think GoFundMe is a great thing. I don't want to down the, the concept. The concept, concept. The concept. But when right. people start to rely on that, it's like you look at that. That's that's what I was wrong. gonna say. For uh-huh. me, it's when people rely on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? If I pass, my my friends, my family could just do a GoFundMe. That shouldn't be your take of. Oh. If you pass away, I just know I have, have you heard that in the field. Yeah. Yes. Yes, oh I've heard that. I've, I've heard, well, some, you know, they can pass around the head. They'll, I've heard that they, they, they will figure it out. They'll they can do a GoFundMe. Now, I feel as though for people that just aren't aware of the, of the importance of life insurance, so sometimes they don't know the importance, so they know. have to go for me because they didn't, nobody ever taught them. Nobody you know, they yeah. don't yeah. have to come. But those, yeah. because I have people I know personally, and I'm like, why did this person even have a GoFundMe? I know they're not broke. So the book is is not about the finances, mm-hmm. and you start thinking like, well, what on God free earth will have this person having to go for me? Why don't you have a policy? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uneducated, and then those are those who hurts. are educated and, and just hurts. choose not to mm-hmm. do the right thing, and then right. bam, they pass away, and they like family is like, well, we got to do a go for me because we don't know if they had the money or we don't know if they have a policy, yeah. everything. Yeah. So the now can be a great comforter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what we oh, deal yes. with with a lot of people. You know, the now is a great comforter. It can be your best friend. And right. the now will talk to you like the now is right. Okay. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And a lot of people are comfortable in the now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the now allows you not have to take action, mm-hmm. not have to take responsibility, not have to, not have to, not have to. And that's exactly. what a lot of people don't want to do exactly. is take responsibility. And so I just think that when you we hear that, that's shocking me that people actually say, oh, they oh, listen, go find me. I'm, I'm like, what? I've heard everything. No, I thought I heard everything in no, the field, but okay. nobody said that to listen, me. I've oh, heard, you were from having clients. Me. I've heard a client tell me, they gotta stop their policy because they gotta uh, they can't afford their cigarette habit. So listen, when I say I've heard it all, yeah, I've yeah. Well, yeah. like I said, the now <laughs> I, that's what I mean. Like the now can be your best friend yeah. if you allow it, but really the now should be um, your worst enemy. <laughs> you know, yeah. it really should be something you fight your to not have, exactly. you know, or to not exactly. be in denial. So. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all on the same page when it comes to GoFundMe. Yes, it's okay, it's good, but not when you're relying on the GoFundMe. That's when it's like, no, 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 you should have something in place for your family. So yeah, we, we all on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna start with Mr. Nice with this one too. Should people have policies outside of their jobs? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Now that's huge, guys. Um, so I want to say this to everybody out there that has a group policy for your job. If your job is giving it to you, excellent, excellent. But ask yourself this: first off, who owns your policy? Mm-hmm. Number one, it's not you. So if you don't own it, what rights do the owner actually have? So the owner has the right to change it to do whatever they want to do with the policy. But bigger than that, that statement that I just made is written in your certificate. Because you, if you have a group policy, you never received the policy. Think about it. You received the certificate, though. You got a certificate of insurance. So I want you to look in that certificate of insurance. Because it says in there, can this policy be amended? And it says, yes, without your consent. That's number one. Number two, it also says, I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but it's um, actually called the at-work clause. The at-work clause is written in every single group policy that's out there. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And if you read the at work clause, it says that you are not eligible for coverage if you're out sick, if you're out for sickness, or illness. So ask yourself, do most people drop dead at work or do they go out sick for a while? Mm -hmm. And guys, I am very passionate about that because that's real. And I had a friend a couple of years ago that passed away. She was diagnosed with cancer in March. She died in April. And the company that she had been with, and remember, it's not your company because they, they're it's not insurance. Tell them how long it she is was there as well. She was there 30 years. Mm. Mm. She died in March. Mm. I mean, she was diagnosed with cancer in March. She died in April. And that insurance policy did not pay out because she was out 30 days. Wow. Now, all insurance policies, the amount of time that you can be out differs. Mm -hmm. It varies. But who says that? It doesn't tell you anywhere in those policies. Yeah. The only one that I know that tells you exactly what that length is, is the post office and the federal government because mm -hmm. that's on the internet. So they tell you what their length of time is that you can be out sick. But most commercial jobs or different things, they don't have that out there anywhere. Hers was evidently 30 days, and she met that 30-day threshold, and her company did not pay out, and her family was devastated. Mm -hmm. And my question to that is, do you know? With your policy, you with your policy, so the that was some is, serious education. So the thing is, have the group policy if they're paying for it. Sometimes it's like maybe one or two dollars, and you think it's one or two dollars. It's not a lot of money. Okay, that's extra for your family if something should happen. It should not be what you totally depend on for your family. Right. So you ask yourself, who should be in charge of my family? Me. For this company, well, yeah. yeah. and that's the reality of it. That's we put reality. too much of our responsibility in other people's hands. hands yes, you know, and I, totally agree. I mean, even with school, I don't want to get off topic, but even school. So, parents, we put too much in the hands of the school, Ooh, and that's a whole other topic. It's a whole other <laughs> topic, but it goes to the mindset, the mindset, and yes. the thinking of the people you guys are coming in front of, and that I was in front of when I was out writing policies. If we have that mindset, we'll do that in every area of our lives. And we have to get out of that mindset. Exactly. And we have to take back the responsibilities of our families. If you delegate that responsibility to the school system to educate your children, fine. But I wouldn't be delegating who going to take care of my family to exactly. anybody. You know? Exactly. And yeah. like you said, um, well, your question was the same question oh. about the, if, you know, what are you t what's your take on having a policy outside of your job? And you can elaborate more on that too, because <laughs> you that's know. one of the things that I get all the time in the field yeah. is, oh, I have it on my job, and I have to start explaining like Mr. Denise did to them, like educate them, like, do you know this? Do you know that? Because well, they assume mm -hmm. it's on my job, I'm good to go. Well, I have to keep it 100. I was that person. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because I had done that, I have I'm Me working. Too. I'm doing what I need to do to take care of my family, especially with my kids. My son was younger. You know, I'm, all I could do was do those nine to five types of jobs because right. of the activities he was in in school. And so I was one of those people who really, really relied on the fact that I had this on my job. But what I later had to learn was, how about I grow? How about I don't want to be at this job? How about I get an advancement? How about I go someplace else? Okay. Then what? Right? And so I was also one of those people always got this stupid with my car insurance. You know, like I'm getting a, a little, and they don't even really give you that much of a discount. All that people fooled you on that. But, <laughs> you know, you can loop it all together and get it. And that's great and that's wonderful. But the bottom line is the buck stops with you. Your responsibility is your responsibility. And we shouldn't be letting anybody else control that. And your job is the owner of that policy. If business start going wrong or going bad, they might cut back. And if they cut back, they if might. You leave, just, if you leave the job, if you leave you the job, that part. if you, you leave know, the job, you, that time between <laughs> you leaving that job and finding another job, you know, I think about COVID. Like if COVID didn't teach us anything, my God, it should teach us to be as independent as possible. As possible. Um, because so, we never know what can happen. So a lot of times, you know, what people say about that, you know, and I ask, so what happens to your policy if you leave the job? 
And a lot of times, the job will allow you to take the policy with you. They will. But now, mm -hmm. though, there's some things on there. <laughs> there's some stipulations with that. Yeah, some stipulations. <laughs> and a lot of people say, well, I can take it with me. You can take it with you. But when you take it with you, there becomes another type of coverage that you have to get, number one. Number two, the cost is probably about three times, maybe higher. four times More. higher mm -hmm. than what you're paying right now. And it's going to be based on your age that you are now. If and you health. started that job, yes, and health. So you have to do the health thing all over again. Mm -hmm. So if you started it 10 years ago, what they might have given you that coverage for is a lot less than it would be today. And you're going to pay more anyway because this is a group. And because it's a group, they were able to have the premiums lower. You're not going to get that benefit. Mm -hmm. It will be three, four, maybe five times mm -hmm. higher than what yeah. you're And in the first two years, it's contestable, The contestable right? period. So you start that period, you know, all over again. again. All over again. But that contestability period, if I can speak on it. Yeah, you can. Yes, this is huge. So I need to speak on that because a lot of people misunderstand the contestability period. They think that the contestability period, which says if you die within two years after writing that policy, that the insurance company do not pay off. That's not the truth necessarily. That's not the truth at all. It is if you're getting funeral coverage or funeral expense policies, and they tell you that. Right. So you know that up front. But if you're getting a regular insurance policy, that's not the truth. The, what the statement says is that if you die within two years, the insurance company has the right yes. to, yes. to investigate. investigate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To find out. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To find out whether or not what you told them was the truth. Was the truth. Yes. So an example is this. If your agent asks you in the last 10 years, have you been diagnosed with cancer? And you say no. Then six months in, you die of cancer. Of cancer. Mm -hmm. The company is definitely going to evaluate. You would do the same thing mm -hmm. and see what's going on. And what if they find out that you were diagnosed with cancer before mm -hmm. you purchased that policy, then they won't pay. They off. won't pay that policy. But if you were diagnosed with cancer one day after you purchased that policy. Oh. They You're have good to, to go. Pay off. That's what I want and to Two from. years and one day, it doesn't matter. They can't even ask you the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, they so that is what that contestability period means. So if you have not lied on your policy, you don't need to worry about the contestability period. Yes. Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And piggybacking off of the contestability period because. It's, it's very important to know about that. Like somebody like myself, okay, I didn't wake up with lupus, but one day I had lupus. Thank God I had my policy before I found out I had lupus. That's right. Because like you said, it's, if I would have had the lupus um, after getting the policy, there's nothing they can't do about it. I had to tell people that. It's not, they can't touch you. You got it after the policy. But if you have a condition before getting the policy and you die or something from that condition, they can say, oh, wait a minute. This person said they didn't have lupus. Mm -hmm. They didn't have cancer. They didn't have. But you have to have been diagnosed with. Mm -hmm. Yes, diagnosed with. Not yes. doing your own diagnosis. Yes, diagnosed with paper at the doctor. Right? That's from the doctor. Say that this is what you had. Yes, know? from the doctor. So that's right. very important. But you know, this information is so important. I hope people watch it. I hope you continue to share it. I know I will because. People don't ask these types of questions, and no, then you don't. got like you know how you got jailhouse lawyers, oh, you got uh, <laughs> street life agents. Yes, what is it? Ain't gotta do that on your final whatever. Well, no, what we're talking about is law, right? Mm -hmm. It's the insurance law in Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not what we think. It's not what we say. It is the law. So, yes, right. yeah, it is definitely the law. And also, I wanted to piggyback also mm -hmm. on. When you leave your job, because I've had several people when they left their job, and they're like, "Why is my insurance so high now?" I took that insurance mm -hmm. from my job. Mm -hmm. Well, you were thirty when you started, and now mm -hmm. you're sixty-two, mm -hmm. and now you have illnesses, and now you know you're not thirty years old anymore. You're not in a group rate. They're gonna rate you where you belong. If you're a smoker, mm -hmm. now you're a smoker. Now you wasn't a smoker thirty years ago. It didn't even matter because you was in the group policy. Well, now I smoke cigarettes. Now I have. Whatever diabetes or whatever you may have, so you, you think they're gonna give you that same policy to take with you at a, at the same price? 
Like, I think it's because people do not understand insurance and the right. business of insurance. Insurance is the business of insuring more healthy young people, right? And so that's why if you are older and have health problems, you're going to pay more you are, because you are yeah, you're more of a risk to the insurance company, meaning they're going to have to pay out possibly for someone older with health problems before they would have to pay out for somebody that's younger and exactly and, and so that's why you pay more because you're more of a risk. I don't think people know that. They don't Yeah, they don't understand, understand that. And that's why I always educate first. I be on the phone with some clients we be talking for a long time because we get into the education part. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we've been on the phone for an hour. Well, I don't mind because I'd rather educate you first of what you're mm-hmm. getting yourself into versus this is your quote, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not that I'm not that mm-hmm. agent of this mm-hmm. is your quote now, what you want to do. And no, I have to That's how the old school uh, <laughs> agents were, right? And um, they used to come around and show us how to collect the money, you know. <laughs> but I think what they lacked, which is what our generation is dealing with is the education. The education. See, grandma never understood the importance of life insurance. They just didn't teach. And they you didn't understand the, uh, you know, they understand the, the importance, but they didn't understand the policy. Yeah, they didn't understand, they understand the, the policy. policy. They understood the importance. Right. But I think what happens is if you don't teach that other stuff, people don't continue from generation to generation to understand um, oh, right. the, the insurance policy. Yeah, and what you should or shouldn't do. Because schools don't even teach it. You know, like, you never heard about insurance? No. And I think schools should teach <laughs> all financial literacy. I think they should teach yeah, they should life teach insurance and credit and everything, but they don't. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a whole nother time. And I think <laughs> that we delegate to schools to teach that we should be teaching. Our right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Michelle, I'm going to start this one off with you. Uh-huh. Do you see life insurance as just a bill or do you see it as an investment? Hmm. I see it as a bill and an investment. I think my it's, the reason it also is an investment is because the bills I have align with my values, right? So I, I think if you align your bills with your values, bills are only how you choose to spend your money. So if you align that with your values, then you understand the investment that it, that that is in your family, right, and and, and, and um, the betterment of your family, right? So I think it's both, and but I think that no matter what the bills are, whether it's life insurance or a savings plan or or uh, retirement mm-hmm. or even cable, it should align with your values. Right. You get what I'm saying? For real. Because I had to realize Xfinity don't align with my values any longer. So you, got, you had to get rid of them. This month, they gone. Exactly. They gone this month. I think but I, I, think, I think that's really where, see, for me, it's more, and y'all know this is the work I'm in. I'm into the mindset. Because I think that's where real change happens. And um, the only way to change the mindset is to educate yourself. And that's why I'm happy to be here today just talking about this. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the same question for you. Do you see life insurance as just a bill or an investment? Okay, so the way I think about that <laughs> is that um, cost is only an issue in the absence of value. Ooh, so okay. we don't think about the cost of anything that we think is valuable to our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when people look at insurance, no matter what kind of insurance it is, mm-hmm. as, um, as a bill, then they're looking at it as if this is something I can stop someday. Right. So right. it's not that valuable to right. Because right. if you think about it, if you drive, you better have car insurance. Yes, you have one. And you do. Why? Because it's a value. You know you gotta have it in order to drive. To drive. So that's not something you let go. Your rent or your mortgage, if you're responsible, you're gonna pay them. Yes. Why? Because it's valuable for you to have be outside over your head. (laughs) The same thing when you think about those things, you should think about life insurance the same way. It's valuable for my family if something should happen. If you do think about it like that, you will not lapse it. Now, exactly. you might have an accident and laugh at that happens. People change bank accounts. I've done that myself and I'm an agent. And then you fix it up. <laughs> and then you fix it back. Uh-huh. But you don't just let it go because you say, okay, I don't need this right now. 
because you remember, you think about the fact that we all know our birthdays. Mm -hmm. How many of you know your death date? No, nobody did. No one. And that can no happen one. at any time. Yeah. At any time. So if you have that mindset of, oh well, you know, this is just another bill. I can drop this until maybe six months down the road right. when I get back on my feet. If you're thinking I can die within six months, then you don't allow you're not going to allow it to happen to your family. So as far as a bill, I know that people think of it as a bill. I don't like to think of it as a bill, and I like to try to educate people not to think of it as a bill. Okay. Mm -hmm. And to think of it as a investment in your family. Mm -hmm. okay. Because that's for your thing. Definitely. Definitely. And to, to, to piggyback off both of y'all, I feel like I agree with both of y'all on different aspects because I feel like this. Like you say, you drop cable because you're like, that's not a fact with my, what I got going on. Mm -hmm. I got, that, that, that was a bill, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like um, I tell people all the time, when you think about life insurance, when you're getting a policy, treat it like you treat your mortgage and your rent. Do not let it last. If you got to pay late, pay it late, but don't let it last. You got to borrow the money from a cousin. Y'all borrow money for everything else. Okay, can I borrow some money? My, my, my policy is due. I'm not working at the moment. Pay it because I've seen firsthand in, with, with a family member, with friends, with someone that their policy lasts and somebody on that policy dies. Yes. And, you know, so, and one last thing to that. You know, hardships happen mm -hmm. and things in life happen. Mm -hmm. And it might become a time where you really don't see how right now I can pay this. But don't just drop it. Call your agent. Call the company. Get them to lower it for you. Oatmeal beats no meal at all. Yeah. And it's better to have something in that coverage than nothing. nothing. So get them to, you can call them. You can call your agent. You can call the insurance company and get them to work with you and lessen the amount of coverage for right now. Exactly. And then later when you get things back together, you can actually increase it back again. Mm -hmm. Increase but it. Don't that's let great, it go. That's, that's a great way to do great, it. And I've told clients as well because, you know, stuff happens, especially in this, during this pandemic with COVID. I've seen so much happen with people's policies. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, even with people that have it just on their job, mm -hmm. the job now putting stipulations because, oh, now it's a COVID clause, now you can't do this and do that, you know, or people dropping their policies because of COVID. So it's oh, like, it's a COVID clause. yes, it is. Oh, yes. It's a lot of stuff has changed. <laughs> when COVID hit, they said, oh, we changing all this, baby. I'm not going to get our money. Oh, yeah. Yes. You that's why you should always look into what you have and stuff because you just never know. That's why I say, don't. If I tell my clients, okay, there's a hardship. Work, I can work, like you said, lower the policy, lower that policy, but don't just not have anything. Right. Because I've seen it for myself. I'm like, that person was just talking, which we didn't pass away. And it's like, it, mm -hmm. it hurts even more when it's somebody you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, yeah. man, they just had this, they had this policy for five years, they never let for a month. But to and then bam, right. that person is gone or that 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 child is gone, whomever died, and it's like, oh my goodness, I wish I could have saved them, or I wish I could but you that's why we're educating because the more we educate, the more people will understand. That's listen, really don't right. let that policy last. Lower it or do whatever you do, borrow that money from whoever or whatever you need to do, but I much rather pay your policy than contribute to GoFundMe. Right. Exactly, me too. Because I've had people that I know personally that had to go for me, and the insurance lady in me was like, I don't think I want to. I mean, I'm just being honest. A part of me was like, I really don't think I want to give money mm -hmm. to this family for go for me when everybody in that family knows about life insurance. Mm -hmm. It kind of is like a catch 22. Do I want to help just out of kindness of my heart? Or do is it like no? I don't want to touch are that. Are you feeling like you know? Enabling them are you exactly? You yeah, like a part of you is feeling like, am I enabling them to think that people want to just keep giving it to them when they know better? Because some people don't know better, so I'm not talking about the people that don't know better. But there are some people that actually know better. They just don't cho choose not to do mm -hmm. the right thing. How do you guys feel about that part? Well, that in there. <laughs> well, I do have something to say on that part. And, and the reason is because I have several of my agents that have said just that. Okay. They talk to family members and different people, and then they come up with, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not giving them nothing. Mm -hmm. I talked to that lady 10 times before she died. Mm -hmm. And now she died and everybody got to come up with money. So one thing, <laughs> so I can say to calm it down. The person that you talked to that did not get your life insurance is dead. They're gone. So now we have the family that's left. Mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity, it's an educational opportunity. It's an opportunity now to educate that family mm -hmm. on what a real life experience. And that's the best way to talk on what's necessary. Mm -hmm. And you can do that by actually helping and donating. You might not want to. I mean your heart says No, I so no, I had actually still do donated. But my yeah. heart was like, ooh, yeah. I don't I, your I, heart I don't want says to. no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but I think but I, I think there's nothing wrong with not donating and educating because that is still value. That's yeah, still it is. Oh, you cannot, yeah. but it comes off a little better if you are yeah. given like yeah. $10. Yeah. And it's my ten dollars. We would invite But let me educate you. Let's have a family meeting. Let me come to your family house. Why? Because because nine times out of ten, whether you donate or not, that whole situation is stressful for them. And they are not going to get the money that they need. So if they don't have the coverage now for themselves, now is a good time well, that you can. I think what y'all talking about reminds me of the book, The Four Agreements, where it says nothing anybody else at does has anything to do with you. Oh, so right. if a person doesn't get a policy, that's not because a of person, you. That's right. That's on them, right? And it's their denial, right, mm -hmm. of a situation or lack of um, accountability that's allowing that. So I think we just you just have to weigh your heart and, and heart. figure it out. But I definitely wouldn't take it personal because. Yeah. Nothing anybody does has anything to do with to us. To do with us. And I think for me, even though I still don't, when it's a family or a close friend, mm -hmm. I'll be just so upset. Like, I know. Not I know. necessarily that you, because I, I always tell my family, you don't have to get a policy through me, but make sure you get something mm -hmm. and make sure you read, you know, what you sign in your handcuff on. And when somebody passed, I just be like, it really will blow. So why it don't really you blow. never went and got a policy from anywhere? It really you know, it so it just take it just take all. And, and, and the reason is is because it's so unavoidable. It's yeah, so it's unavoidable. unavoidable. Yeah, and, it's, and you really care about the person. It's just some things that happen that you just like. Yeah, that's nothing you can do. But life, I mean, being able to bury your loved one or be able to care for your kids mm -hmm. is unavoidable. Right, it doesn't have to happen. Now um, we only have a few more questions left, y'all. So I'm enjoying this one with. Ms. Denise, should children have coverage as well? This is a good one. Yes, it is a good one. And that answer is yes. But should children, you should not spend a lot of money because children are not breadwinners. Exactly. So, God forbid, that's a policy that we hope we never ever in life have to use. Mm -hmm. But the purpose is it's insurance for just in case. So you ask yourself, how many kids have died before the parents? Quite a few of them. So if something should happen, then you want to be able to put your child um, away or whatever you do. You want to be able to do that nicely without the stress. You're still going to have to do it. So you should have a small policy on your child just enough, I think, just enough to bury them. You can have a little more. It depends on how you get it. If you get a policy that's a rider on your policy or something like that, you may get a little more. I think the average amount is ten to fifteen thousand dollars. But you may decide that you want to get a little more than that, um, and you can, because some people know that um, if something happens to my child, I'm going to be devastated, and I'm going to have to be off for a while. Yep. So then you have these funds that's going to be able to help you with that. But I think that people should definitely. Have, especially in this day and age, this day and age, a lot um, of people are children are dying before them. Yes, I I, I can speak with my family alone. The kids are dying. If you're burying young people un, under forty, under twenty five, under twenty one, before we burying the seventy, the eighty, and ninety year olds, so it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And another reason is that if you get a policy, a small policy, don't have, don't let any insurance agent talk you into getting. A huge, I had a talk to a young lady once. She had a hundred thousand dollar policy on her two year old, and she had a ten thousand dollar policy on herself. 
The thing is that she really didn't understand. And the agent that sold it to her should have been shot. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say this on your face. No, we don't say it. But if she dies, you are going to get $100,000. She did not recognize that. She didn't realize that was going on. Maybe but that agent made a mistake. Maybe, yeah, mistake. Maybe he went back to do the reverse. Maybe that would get her a I'm a hope that. Usually, when people have uh, big policies like that on their children, they're not happy about it when one of their children dies. That's like blood money. Mm -hmm. So they're not happy about that. But you do want enough coverage. So that you can bury them and you might have a little extra because a lot of times what happens is when they get to a certain age you can actually convert that over to a policy just for them without ever proving medical so if anything has happened along the way with them then you're good it to don't go. cost and you're good to go and you usually can get maybe five to seven times more than the coverage that you have so those are the things you want to think about when you're getting um, coverage on your kids. And that's the same question for you, Michelle. Do you think children should, should have coverage? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to believe the point. I think that they absolutely should. And I think, um, I think if you don't have coverage on your children, that that's the first thing you should do Monday. Yeah. Is go get call Carlotta or Anthony and get you some coverage on your children because. Um, it's just the world we live in today, world we live in. and it's the right thing to do. It's it, it's integrity, right? It's yeah. just the right thing to do because it's just the right thing to do. And I think um, it goes back to the mindset that we have to change in yeah. our community, mm -hmm. and that is that we have to take responsibility for our families. Um, if the sad part about it is though, if social services told us we had to have it. We go get it. We, we go get, get it. it. Exactly. You know, exactly. If, you know, somebody thought, you know, they had an opportunity to win the lottery by getting coverage on their kids, they do it. And so we just have to change the mindset and know that these are things that we need for our families. And um, when you start to have a family, you know, as a mom or a dad, that this should be the things you talk about at the baby shower. I wish we would give people... This education at baby and showers. Baby showers. And that's a good like idea because I've done it at different places. Yeah, but a baby shower, that's and the beginning of the family, right? Yeah. And, and at wedding ceremonies and things like that. Because if you love me, you know, your actions should go along with that. And this yeah. is all a part of love. Life right. insurance right. is it's, it's showing love. A, a gift of love. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, a gift it's of love. action. It's yeah. love and action. Life insurance is called your last love letter. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you should have your kids, I think. And the reason why I ask that question mm -hmm. because sometimes I get in the field and people will say, well, I'm getting a policy, but I'm not getting a policy on my child. So my first question normally is, well, why wouldn't you want to have a Do policy? Do they feel like it's jinxing? So it's some like people, jinx? you have some mm -hmm. that think it's a jinx, and mm -hmm. then some that feel, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad for my child, but you don't know that. So they, they already assume that, oh, I'm going to go first. My child ain't going to die. That's because you the know, knowledge is your best yeah, so I educate mm -hmm. people, and then I still have some people that have policies, they still don't have any of their children. But I always try to educate them first about mm -hmm. that. And then yeah. you just say a little prayer for those people. Yeah, yes. I hope that it doesn't come back right. later. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, then let's see. Um, Michelle, why is it important to own your own policy and have your parents outside of like your parents, your grandparents? Because you know, I run into those. My grandma got a policy on me. I'm good. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm serious. I know you have. Grandma got a policy on me. I'm good. I don't need no policy. I think I never <laughs> had the opportunity to put some of this responsibility on anybody else. So I never had the opportunity to say grandma got me coming. So that's why I'm like, people just be saying anything. But all the um, time, though. And, and, but it, it really does go back to what I was saying, that people give 
their responsibility <laughs> over to everybody but themselves. <laughs> and I think it's important to have your own policy because you know, right? Mm-hmm. You and that's just a part of being an adult, a grown-up, and taking responsibility for your life and your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I just think anything outside of that, outside of that, is outside of your control. And um, you leave it up to everybody else. It's like living your life in default, right? Right. It's your responsibility. Take accountability for your life and your family, right? So all the excuses, let them go. This is just real life. Like, (laughs) let them excuses go and get your own policy. Because if something happens to grandma or... Um, you thought you was on grandma policy, but grandma actually took you off that time y'all got into an argument. You ain't ready to take that to cook out. She took you off that policy, ma'am. She just didn't tell you. You know, or you didn't get, you know, you never know why people. I mean, I'm using that to be funny because I'm just goofy. But the real reality is you don't have any control and you don't know. Just like when if grandma didn't pay it and you thought grandma handed it. Grandma really didn't pay it. I had that before, though. I, I had that The well. mother was paying oh, it the I whole time. Well. The mother was not paying it for the, I you know, that well. or that you were giving your money to somebody and they were supposedly paying it for and you. They you don't need to be doing that either. If you don't know and you're not paying it, you're almost as if you don't have it. You need to be in that mindset of, I don't have it. That's like your job. You yeah, know, same like, thing I said with the job. Mr. Lee's the same question. Why should you have yeah. your own policy outside of mama and papa? Now all these young people say they know. I thought it was funny. They're on my age saying this. Yeah, they're 40 sometimes. Yeah, 40, 50 years old. Y'all know y'all wrong. So the thing is this, guys. Let me tell you that I laugh. I said she showed you. Because a smart mama, smart grandma, because they have coverage on you because they don't think you're responsible mm. enough to do it yourself, mm. number one. And not necessarily that. It could partially be that, but partially because they just don't want to trust because they don't know what's going to happen to you. So they know that, God forbid, if you do die, that people are going to be looking at them to bury you. So they have their own little policy on you. But... Most of the people that say this are grown-ups with families. So your mother has a policy on you for her. It's not for your family. It's for her. So that God forbid, if you die and she has to put up some money, she can bury you. It's not enough to take care of your family. She's mm-hmm. thinking of, she's thinking smartly about burying you. Right. So if so if she has that. Do you think for real that she's giving that to your family? If something should happen to you? No. That's number one. Number two, grow up. Tell me is grow up. You are the adult. That's what I was saying. Listen, and all that you I was saying. She giving it grow up because I hear from 30 and over. Yeah. It's not the 18 and 18. Yeah, no. It's the older people. And I be like, what? Yeah, my grandmother got me a policy when I was sitting. Oh. Be 35, boo, but okay. Okay, that's, that's And cool. just like they <laughs> said, you are not even certain that they really still have it. There's a lot of people, uh, parents that have coverage on their children, and I think they're very smart. I think and I'll tell too. a lot now today, especially the ones that know that their kids don't have coverage. Then if you are thinking about that, you make it your responsibility to get someone done. Not a huge policy, just a small policy to take care of things if, God forbid, something should happen. Because if not, they're definitely going to be looking at you um, to do it. So, um, you know, but, people yeah, will be a big one, but they will pay Xfinity and they will pay Hulu and they will pay Netflix and they will pay. All these things more important than you and your family. I don't understand. Alright, so we we got like five minutes left, so I'm gonna skip two of the questions because y'all know we can all three of us can talk. So I'm gonna especially about this topic. Yeah, this topic can go on and on and on and on. So um two things I wanted to get out of why do you think both of y'all can answer? Why do you think age, health, and lifestyle play a huge factor in life insurance? Age age health and your lifestyle. Why do you think that plays a huge factor when it comes to life insurance? I think we answered that a little bit before, but well, first off, the insurance companies uh, base their cost 
on all of that. They have a projection. They know exactly how many people are going to die when. They know. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, not when. They know within a certain time. They know the um, the health issues that are going to come into play. And so they know all of that. So they project their cost on that. For you, the reason that age, health, and um, lifestyle and lifestyle comes into play is because of the risk. Mm -hmm. So if you're older, you're closer to death, and they know that they are uh, more likely mm -hmm. to have to pay out. If you have health issues, they know you're going to die. That I always like to make it like this, and I and I have given this example to people. Mm -hmm. Let's say you own the insurance company; it is yours. Because a lot of people say to me, when they're sick and they come and they can't get insurance, their mindset is, well, this is the time they should be insuring me. I'm yeah. going to pay my premiums every month, so they should be insuring me. So I give them this analogy. Let's say you are the insurance company. You own it. It's yours. And I come to you and I say, hey, I've got this illness, that illness, that illness, that illness. I, I know I'm going to die soon. I just don't know when, but I want to send you sixty dollars a month for a hundred thousand, and I want you to send a hundred thousand dollars to my family when I die. <laughs> Are you going to do that? No, no. <laughs> and that's what they look at me saying. No, absolutely. The insurance company is not going to do it either. They're not going to take that chance with their money. You wouldn't take it with yours. So if you got illnesses at this point in time. That means you're at risk. They know you're going to die. So they're either going to rate you or they're not going to cover you. Right. One of the two. And then um, age, the older you are, the closer you are to death. Exactly. And then your lifestyle. Now, that's a big one because a lot of people say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Because if you're flying around all the time and you're the pilot, you will get rated. At risk. It won't stop you from getting Iris. coverage, but you will get rated. Why? Because you're in a helicopter. You're in an airplane, always <laughs> flying around, and it's risky. Right. So they know that that is risky and it's more um, subject to you actually being taken out. Don't mean they won't cover you. They will cover you. And most of all, though, lifestyle, what I was in the field, mm -hmm. what I just dealt more with was people who had felonies who were denied from yeah. insurance mm -hmm. and not understand. I can get families covered though, y'all. But I do, yeah. <laughs> but that's a big thing. That's a big thing. You know, some insurance companies will rate you or deny you. Yeah. Um, another thing is if um Yeah. And the other thing is, um, it was another thing I was thinking about as far as lifestyle that will get you um rated to. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So as far as family goes, that's a huge one. Because most people don't know uh, about the felony clause. And then right. they come out and they're totally shocked about it. So a felony, and that's not just in Maryland, that's in any state. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as felony, 10 years, you cannot get like regular life insurance coverage. You can get funeral expense coverage mm -hmm. if you have a felony. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can't get just regular uh, life insurance for 10 years. For 10 years and one day, you can be covered. And one thing about that 10 years, because I know I used to think it was from, let's say a person was in jail, and then they got out of jail. And I'm thinking the felony starts that day they get out of jail. It does not. The felony starts from the time you actually got the felony. Mm -hmm. yes. So if you got the felony and you spent 10 years in jail, then you get out, you no longer have a felony. Okay. So that doesn't count when it comes down Are we still on? So if y'all didn't catch the last 30 seconds, if we still on, 
our last thing was the tips for our listeners, and that was to just tell get y'all to get life insurance, get covered, tell your family, tell your friends. Everybody needs to be covered. Everybody should have some type of policy that's good for them and their family when the time of need is there. So that's it, guys. Y'all have a good day. Allow us at Eddie B Productions to capture, create, and celebrate all of your greatest moments. Let us turn your joy into memories that will last forever. As we remember our beloved Eddie Blick Jr., the very reason we do it all, we aim to put a smile on your face and also your heart. Whether a birthday party, wedding planning, organizing an event, or photography, we can service all your needs. You can follow us on Instagram at Eddie B Productions, email us at Eddie B underscore Productions 93 at Outlook.com, or call us at 410 303 0101 for all your